Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm, I just feel the presence of the Lord, and I'm so glad to share God's love with everyone this morning. I want to thank God and Pastor Stephen and you church family for allowing me to be obedient to my call by sharing the Lord's word, not Roberta's word. So some people take preaching for granted, but this is some serious business. It's an honor from God. And Pastor Stephen, it's a show of trust and love, so I appreciate it. And I always say that a license is recognized by man, but God gives you a mission. So I'm on the Lord's mission. So I'll let you know that if I say something that hurts, you can blame God. If I say something that heals, you can blame God. But if you say something that you're ashamed of later on, uh, God's not going to take that. Okay, just, just saying. Let us pray. O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. We thank you for this day that we gather in your name, God, to lift up a, a sacrifice of praise, dear Lord God. We ask right now in your holy, mighty, and matchless name, God, bless our brothers and sisters in islands that have seen hurricanes, dear Lord God, that don't have lights and energy. Bless Israel and Jerusalem right now, God. Dear Lord Jesus, we ask that you just empty this vessel called Roberta and fill it up with the Holy Spirit, God, so that you would always get the honor, the glory, the praise from us, dear Lord God. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. In the name of the righteous, redeeming, resurrected, and returning Lord and Savior Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So our scripture today will come from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, and Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, and Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. Would those of you physically able to stand, please stand with me for the reading and the reverence of God's holy word. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. The wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Acts chapter 12. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with the approval among the, Drew, the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. 
the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Look at the person next to you and look at them seriously and say, I'm going to sleep. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> so allow me to apologize in advance. While PIC is a non-denominational church, I am Baptocostal. My foundation is Baptist. But, uh, you know, some of those Pentecostal family members got a hold of me one day. So there may be some speaking in tongues. There may be some laying of holy hands and, you know, in the end, if you're healed, delivered, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, highly favored, or some of y'all even resurrected, I ain't saying no names. God gets the glory. <laughs> While the title of the sermon sounds funny and probably inappropriate for this venue, the scriptures support my declaration. Today, we see more people in and out of the church dealing with sleep issues. From insomnia to sleep apnea, sleeping appears to be an issue. Now, the beauty, humor, and irony in this message is that Classy will tell you, any of you, that I have what's called the bird gene. What this means is that anywhere, anytime, I can go to sleep. <laughs> it's not narcolepsy. It's the bird gene. For her, growing up as a child with a single mother who worked and took care of her and took care of an elderly parent, she could be found alone sometimes at the massive fish tank in the assisted living facility. Or she could be found in a room with me on one side of the room and my dad on the other side of the room with our heads back, mouths open, and our eyes just resting. But she was okay. She's all right. But the funniest story and most interesting that Classy tells about me sleeping is the one about when we moved to a suburb of Memphis and a tornado came. Now, for those of you who really don't know me and Classy, we're from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We know snow. We know snowstorms. We know snow. We know shoveling. We ain't know about no tornadoes. <laughs> Our concerns during snow periods were food, were when the street was going to be clear, if buses were running on time, and uh, if I was expected to get to work on time. So, But in this situation, tornado warning sounded everywhere, um, interrupted, to ev interrupted everything. And I listened intently to the television about what to do because I had never been in a tornado before. The crazy thing was we lived on the second floor of an apartment uh, building, two-story apartment building, and the only thing, the, the, the area right next to our apartment building, all it had was trees. So uh, I did what they told me to do on TV. 
I put some pillows and blankets and classy in the bathtub. And I got in my bed, said a prayer, and went to sleep. <laughs> so classy laid in that tub that night by herself. <laughs> Scared because all around us the storm raged. Trees fell, homes were destroyed, lightning flashed, thunder rolled, and I slept. I slept good. I ain't hear a thing. Poor Classy just by herself was scared. And uh, what she learned was that uh, I can sleep through anything. Well, almost anything. And that anything would be when she goes into the kitchen in the middle of the night. I can smell water boiling on a stove and wake up out of a dead sleep and say, what are you cooking? <laughs> in Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 7, and Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, we have similar situations with both Peter and Jesus. Today it is my intention to educate, encourage, and empower you to go to sleep. I'm not talking about sleep in the natural sense per se, but sleep in the spiritual realm. I just have three points. I told y'all I'm Baptist. They're all intertwined. <laughs> and when I'm done, if you don't sleep, at least you'll have an idea of how to get to sleep or what an issue might be when you're trying to get there. The first point I want you to know about going to sleep is that before, during, and after sleep, as women and men of God, you should be in prayer with and in the presence of God. Say prayer and presence. How many of us grew up learning and saying this prayer? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. It was wonderful back then. We just, we were so excited. We was ready to go to sleep. Despite what this childlike prayer sounds like, it's not only a prayer, but it's a call to be in God's presence. Think about being in God's presence, and more important, how you felt when you said it as a child. Safe, hopeful, joy-filled, hope-filled, joyful, and with the spirit of expectation. You believe your prayer was going to come to fruition. Today, as an adult, when I pray, especially as a believer in Christ, I'm talking to God about some of my most vulnerable issues. I can do that because even as an adult in his presence, I am safe. I am hopeful. I am cared for and I am loved. What I really need to work on, though, is that spirit of expectation. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We be praying and doubting and praying and doubting. Maybe it's just me. Don't nobody in here have to tell the truth. It's okay. The Lord, the Lord knows. The Lord knows. But that's another sermon for a different time. When I started studying for this message, though, I learned several things about the disciples and being in that boat with Jesus. One, prior to leaving, the Bible says, Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. Now, I got to tell y'all, I had this whole sermon written. I had all my points. I was ready. I was pumped. Lord said, you see that? I said, what, Jesus? I said, what you saying? He was like, did you see that? Okay, God. Yeah, I got it. I got it. He said, you better teach that. 
So I'm going to tell y'all, if y'all don't leave here with nothing else today, put this in your pocket. When God tells you, let us do something, don't doubt it. Don't question it. I don't care what it looks like in the natural. Know that it's going to happen. Walk it out because he said, let us do it. He going to be there with you no matter what it looks like. Take that, please, because I ain't getting in trouble for y'all. <laughs> the second point is that before going to wake Jesus, the, none of the Bibles I read said that the disciples prayed. That's real interesting. Just right there. But third, they were already in the presence of God and didn't even know it. Hmm. Once again, God pointed me in that direction to help all of us. The Lord asked me this. Do you think that if they would have prayed to me first, that they would have had to come and wake me up? Wow. That's deep right there. When we pray, we are in God's presence. And I don't know about you, but when I had, when I knew my dad had the ability to give me something and he was right there, I was like this, daddy, daddy, dad, dad, can I, can we, can we, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I was waiting earnestly for him to answer the prayer or the request. But we don't do that too much. We don't act like blind Bartimaeus standing by the side of the road, knowing that Jesus is somewhere in the presence and hollering, Father, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Brothers and sisters, we can't be anxious about anything. The Bible tells us do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. We can't sleep because we are anxious. We can't sleep because we aren't asking. And we can't ask if we're not in the presence. You have to pray in the presence of God. The second point that I'm going to make about going to sleep is that I'm going to sleep and I'm going to have peace. A peaceful night's sleep is the best thing that ever happened to any of us. The Bible says Jesus was sleeping on a cushion, a pillow. Jesus was calm and comfortable when the storm came up, which was and is not uncommon. Amen. The, by, the disciples had to wake him up. Okay, okay, okay. Now, just imagine the ship is rocking and rolling, thunder and waves crashing. Jesus is asleep. I'm sure the disciples were wondering how and why. How many times did I read this and connect with Jesus? <laughs> because I myself have slept on a crowded bus headed through various neighborhoods at various times, but especially during rush hour when it's crowded with crying children and horns honking and hitting all kinds of potholes, only waking up when I was near my bus stop. Let me tell you this, saints. One of the reasons that Jesus was able to sleep is because nothing takes God by surprise. It might catch you off, but it never takes God by surprise. Second, in the natural and the spiritual, this is a place where a storm happens. In the natural, the Sea of Galilee's unique geography produces a varying climate. It's 700 feet below sea level, and the mountains surrounding it are 3,000 to 4,000 feet high. It's not uncommon for a windstorm to appear during the evening hours. In the spiritual, when you're trying to do right, live right, tithe right, 
fast right, read your Bible, work right, be a good parent, be a good spouse. The enemy will send anything from a spring shower to a full-blown hurricane to knock you off your target. Be reminded the Sea of Galilee was also the same body of water that Jesus walked on and asked Peter to join him. But um, once again, that's another sermon for another time. Peter was bound by two chains with four squads of four soldiers guarding him, and he was asleep. He was sleeping so good, the Bible says the angels struck Peter on the side and woke him up. The light didn't wake him up. The chains binding him didn't keep him from sleeping. The guards on the side of him didn't keep him from sleeping. I'm going to take a pause right here and recognize the late, great Stuart Scott, rest his soul. Peter slept so hard that he was cool as the other side of the pillow. The King James Bible states that the Lord rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. How many times have you declared peace before you went to sleep? Peace on your job, peace in your marriage, peace in your finances, peace in your Bible study time, peace over your children, peace. But let's be honest right here, family. There are times when we are that raging sea. Mm. And God has to say, like my NIV version says, quiet, be still, like you want to shake somebody and make them listen. <laughs> and the funny thing is that even in those times, you are still in prayer and in the presence of God. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forgotten you. And you acting a fool. Let the Holy Spirit pray for you. When you can't pray, sometimes, sometimes you just got to be quiet and still and let the Holy Spirit say everything that you can't. Pray like the Bible says in Romans 8 and 26 with the Holy Spirit praying for you. If all you can do is lay there and moan and cry, the Holy Spirit will do that for you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be in the presence of God. I'm going to have peace. And I'm going to sleep. Back in the day, we used to sing a little song like this. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. I don't know about y'all, but I like that friend. I like that friend. And he's always there in the middle of the night when I need to talk to him. Finally, saints. When I go to sleep, I'm going to wake up with power. Say power. power. Family, you ever go to sleep and wake up in the morning like, I can do this. I don't care what. That, that power on my desk ain't going to be there at the end of the day. That crazy client, she going to act right in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I ain't dealing with that today. Well. When you've prayed and you've been in God's presence and you have peace, you can wake up with God's power. This is my last point. I'm going to teach it. I'm going to preach it. Then we're going to pray and go home. Jesus wakes up, calms the sea, and family, when he gets to the other side, to his location, he's greeted by a man who lives in a cave and cuts himself with stones. The Bible says the chains can't keep this man bound. 
And the demons beg to be cast out of the man into pigs. Sisters and brothers, the way my spirit interpreted that, that even the demons knew they were in the presence of Jesus because they could see his peace and they felt his power. Peter is struck by an angel of the Lord, wakes up, puts on his clothes and his shoes, walks past the guards, went through the gate and walked the length of the street. Okay, 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 okay. Roberta, the Bible said Peter thought he was dreaming. He ain't do it. God did all that by himself. Okay, let me tell y'all something about being bound in chains. No matter of standing, sitting, kneeling or laying. There's something called positional asphyxia. What this means for those of y'all who don't understand is that Peter could have choked while being bound. Some of us are sitting in church right here, right now, bound up by something. We just stuffed full of ageism and sexism and racism and homophobia, uh, unforgiveness, debt, disobedience, self-negative thoughts, ungodly relationships with people and stuff. We got to let that go in the name of Jesus. We got to let that go. See, because I just can't see us being bound like Herod had Peter bound, having 16 guards on one man bound with two chains and not having him bound in a way in which if he had him bound in a way in which if he would have sneezed, something could have broke. We're like that. That stuff we got, we holding on to that's choking us, that has us bound. If we move a little bit to the left, we'll be all broken up coming in here asking for everybody to pray for us and put us back together. Please don't forget this. King Herod Agrippa was known for being cruel and heartless and persecuting the Jerusalem church. We holding on to things keeping us bound just as bad as King Herod Agrippa. We'd rather die than let it go. Let it go. In the name of Jesus, it took power to walk out of a place of imprisonment, ask an abused woman trying to leave her abuser. Ask someone who sat in county jail for three months. Ask someone who sat in a penitentiary for three years. It takes power to walk out. It took Peter power to go to sleep in jail, knowing that his fate could be the same as James. The same king had James killed. Peter had power before, during, and after some good sleep. Family, I'm going to end now, but I want you to remember this. Peter had power because while he was in prison, the church was praying for him. The church was in the presence of God on Peter's behalf. The church had peace and they were so relaxed. The Bible says that when Peter knocked on the door, they sent a sister to answer that door. They were praying with power, with peace, with that spirit of expectation in God's presence. If you're bound by something today, if you have trouble sleeping, I'm asking that you come to the altar and let us pray for you because there's no need for us to be anxious if God is in control and not if God is in control, God is in control. I'm asking if you're bound by something, some unforgiveness, some hurt, some anger, some bitterness, Because it has you bound. Come to the altar and let us pray. The church, collectively, we are so powerful. And we fail to use that power in the right way sometimes. Because some people won't let us. If you will, come. Let us pray. 
I'd rather you walk out unbound than to stay bound and die. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, God. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Give me some diamonds, okay? Thank you, Lord. Just thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Let's just take a few moments here as the music's playing. Saul be in prayer and the Lord's revealed something that may be holding you back, something that's there, unforgiveness or some other things that you mentioned, whatever the Holy Spirit, we're here to pray. There's power in the name of Jesus. We've, we've sang that song numerous times. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's no embarrassment to come forward. You know, sometimes as Christians, we, we say, well, I should have it together now. I've been following five years or 10 years or 15 or 20, but look, it all comes into us at different times. Whether it's someone who cuts us off in traffic or someone who says something or it's turning on the news sometimes, whatever it may be. So just let the Spirit of God move here this morning.